Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host and our, do we call you a co-host as well? What do you think, Ryan? Uh, Ashiak's been, us with, guest so, star? been with us for so much lately, yeah. yeah. Uh, our, our returning guest. Returning guest, yes. <laughs> Um, but hey, yeah, yeah. Should you go first or should I go first? Go like, first. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So hey, everybody. Uh, I am the co-host, um, Ryan from Japan. I'm the Japan hobbyist and special guest. Uh, what also up? Also starring. What up? It's me again. Guest. I just keep coming back. Can't get rid of me. It's your boy Ashiak. <laughs> uh, and why would we want to? I know. I give <laughs> such good commentary. Uh, but I'm so excited to be here talking about Ignetic Fires. Oh my god. Oh yeah, so right right to the topic here. If you guys clicked on the episode, it's probably because you saw that, hey, this is one of our famous uh, deck dives, deck decks. Um, we're we're going to look into everything about a deck. You know, I love to talk about the history. We love to talk about, like, why we make the certain choices on what we did. And we usually just go through a whole deck, like, everything about it. Uh, we talk about its matchups. We usually don't go too far into, like, specific sideboarding mm-hmm. strategies. But we'll talk about what's in the sideboard and, you know, what are some of those things there for. Um, you know, really, we just, like... Whenever we find a deck we like, especially when we've got someone that's great with the deck, exactly. we love to just go over it and talk about the everything we can with it. Yeah. You, and then I love to suggest all kinds of like, hey, how come no one's tried this, you know, dumb card that no one plays yeah. and you may not have even heard of? Because that's what I usually do. You guys had to have had to sit through tons of my pet decks, you know, like Bard class and stuff on these episodes. So now we're actually going to talk about good decks. You guys. Oh, I test everything. So like, <laughs> it's, it's all good to me. But this is one I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, enigmatic. Um, let's start off right off the bat. What is the archetype, and how does it win? Can you give us a rundown, uh, Ashiok? Of course. Uh, so the archetype's uh, a little bit more of one of those like grindier. Um, for those who are familiar with the card, kind of like birthing pod esque strategies, where you have a lot of fun of one ofs in your deck that are either really really powerful hate pieces or really really clunky. Uh, the deck has a lot of different like avenues to beat. It has a really there's a lot of decisions in this deck. Uh, I would describe mm-hmm. it ultimately as like a um, a mid range deck with some control. It can play a control role. It can play an aggro role. It's just it, it's a really warpable deck to whatever the matchup needs it to be, and that's why I think it's one of the decks that needs to be talked about uh, on a, on our to inform our listeners I mean, on uh, how important and how cool this deck is. I hate it because I always play aggro and it's like, hey, <laughs> do you like do you know this card, uh, temporary lockdown? Now you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love temporary lockdown. So, so should we go into maybe some of the, the core cards? Like, I know there's a lot of different versions out there, but, like, you know, if you had to look at just the core cards of the deck, which ones are they? Ooh. Okay. That's that. That's already a tough question. I, and it's going to be, you know, because it's a well, toolbox deck, we're going right? to talk about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that the mainstay cards that you'll end up seeing is, you'll understand you're probably sitting down against one of these decks when you see a Yorion revealed. Uh, Yorion's a pretty telltale way. Uh, it's, like, core to the deck. Uh, you get so much value off that card in this deck. Uh, some of the other mainstay cards that we'll see uh, are a lot of the enchantments uh, that that are used to try to like turn on these creatures and turn on the birthing pod. Um, so the main card that we're talking about here uh, is Ignetic Incarnation. This is where the deck's really just built around. You You will not see a list that's not playing four of this card. And to, to inform our viewers, uh, the enchantment is two, green, and a blue. Uh, for and it says at the beginning of your end step you may sacrifice another enchantment if you do search your library for a creature card with a converted mana cost equal to plus uh, one plus the sacrificed enchantments converted mana cost and put it onto the battlefield so the, what we're trying to do is we're trying to play some cheap enchantments birthing pod them into some powerful creatures or play a slow grindier game uh, with this card uh, some of the other mainstays that we'll end up seeing in this deck are fires of invention leyline mm-hmm. binding Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Nylia's Presence, Chain the Rocks, and Bitter Union. Those are the mainstay enchantments that you'll see pretty pretty much usually in every single one of the lists. Bitter Union, one of the newer inclusions, uh, that, but I think this that has safely earned its spot as a mainstay in this deck. Yeah, I think there's a few ways we should break this out. So for me, I know Enigmatic and Fires are probably the two that I'm really calling mainstays. Um, and then I think we kind of want to break out some of the rest of those into, okay, this is a removal spell. This is one of our draw spells. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as total deck building strategy, I think an important thing that people have done when building these lists, um, you know, that people have crafted very specifically is that you want to run 
targets with intention. So for the most part, you're looking for three drop creatures, which means two drop enchantments. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes the deck will play like one two drop creature or one four drop creature so that if you sacrifice a one mana or a three mana enchantment, you can find something. But usually those are a little bit on the downturn. It's mostly those, you know, two mana enchantments into three mana creatures. And then recently, because of the addition of Leyline Binding, which I I do agree is a major one for the deck. uh, So it's, it's normally, you know, six mana, but it's one lesser each basic land type you're running usually all five or at least four of the five as well as nelia's presence as a way to turn your lands into all five land types making it a one mana spell and the most importantly is that this is a six mana so you're going to look you, you want to play you know like two to three seven mana creatures as well um so that's kind of the like overall strategy of what we want to be building and i just want to touch on because we were talking about the core cards uh, i already want to bring up fire's invention you know enigmatics the one card i'd say is 100 percent fire's invention Post board, would you say how often is it in or not in the deck? I would say I've never cut this card. <laughs> oh, really? You never cut it in a uh, post board? Game? I don't think I ever have, honestly. Huh? Okay, I, I feel like it's something that I do in a lot of matchups. Um, you know, certain aggro matchups, it just feels like it might be a little bit too slow. And then in the control matchups, where I'm often bringing in a lot of things like mystical disputes, I sometimes feel like I need to trim on the fires of invention because I don't want to completely shut off my counter magic ability. And you, so you see, like, I think that does why that's really interesting about this deck because I've never cut that because I think in the control matchup, fires of invention is a must counter. They must counter this card to be able to interact with the rest of my spells because it turns off a lot of their counter spells like spell pierce, make disappear um their own mystical disputes so you're just kind of and you're also able to cast two cards a turn and still be able to like fire yorion and just use your mana really efficiently so i like keeping in fire's invention against those kind of decks because then it enables for longer term game plans like against an aggro deck have you ever found yourself wanting tulsimir friend of wolves because i do so i go (laughs) turn four fire's invention turn and then i cast a magnetic incarnation and boom my fire's invention that card that wasn't that great now it's a doggo with a friend Mm -hmm. sorry and now it's a person with a doggo friend and now you've stabilized the aggro matchup for that yeah yeah so it's there's a lot of super interesting ways you can go about this deck and a lot of core are a lot of ways about building it and it, it is truly the three mana the five mana and the seven mana uh, creatures that that really just like allows you to play however you really want to with this deck. There are a lot of core cards that are, you'll end up seeing a lot more. However, it, it's really buildable in whichever way you think you need to adapt to your local meta. Yeah, perfect. So let's let's break it out. Um, if you don't mind, like that's hard. The one to talk about the card. The card choices for the deck would be to talk about, you know, the two drop enchantments, to talk about the four drop enchantments, to talk about the three drop creatures, to talk about the five drop creatures, to talk about the seven drop creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start with, you know, you talked about Nylia's presence, and I think I would agree that one is just so hugely important because it's our way to really turn on Leyline Binding. Um, but, the, you know, the other thing is that that's a two mana, it draws you a card, and you're often going to be bouncing with Yorian, you're often going to be, you know, drawing that card and sacrificing it to Enigmatic. Obviously, it's just good. There's a lot of other cards that enter the battlefield and draw you a card that have been played, either still are played or have seen play in this deck before. Yeah, we've seen cards like Omen of the Sea uh, come into the come into the uh, come into this deck every once in a while. Um, you'll see mainly uh, it being replaced by Bitter Union. However, what you want with these enchantments, with these cycle cycling enchantments, is just to get immediate value and then to immediately turn it into just another card. Because like. I want my I want my two man enchantment to replace itself and then go find a creature with Ignatic. That's all you want is just yeah. something to go replace itself or something to dig you deeper to finding your bigger payoffs because this deck is really built around Ignatic Incarnation and this deck is for being eighty cards. It's still very surprising how consistently you're able to find this card. Mm. And so, the, true, true. what you're wanting to turn in, I assume this is where you want me to segue it to, is where you the creatures that you're wanting to find off these draw card enchantments. Um, well, I, I wouldn't mind talking about the other options at that two-drop slot, sure. because I think there are still other ones. Um, you know, maybe they're seeing less play, but how did you feel about Wolf Willow Haven and, what is it, Jukai Naturalist? Oh, Jukai Naturalist. Um, oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, this was another way that people were going, is that they were trying to kind of accelerate from the two-mana into four-mana using Wolf Willow Haven, which doesn't draw you a card, but it does, you know, effectively count as a card because it's a land, you know, it, it gives you mana, um, and then Jukai Naturalist kind of doing the same thing, but also being a creature. Um, those were kind of your two drop options there. Uh, there used to be, you know, just I want to shout out a couple of other course. ones. Mm-hmm. Lithoform Blight. Yep. 
used to see a little bit of play. I almost still like it, but I, I haven't found room for it in my latest build. Um, that one, again, you know, enters, draws a, a card. You can put it on your opponent's lands and make them lose abilities, uh, which can do some really nasty things. You know, there's a lot of good lands in the format right now that it's worth turning off. Um, additionally, I still like Path to the World Tree, but I know that it also hasn't made it into my latest version of it. That one searches for a basic when you want to enter, so it still replaces itself. And then for like seven mana later in the game, when you've got Fires of Invention out, do like all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So some of the two mana enchantments that I I, I would I'll, I'll just go over and talk about as I remember, um, Wolflow Haven and other style of ramp cards. Um, I'm yeah. usually not the biggest fan of. Uh, okay. I think I think we see them be a little bit too clunky uh, because with Fires of Invention, you're wanting to cast all these big um important uh spells and just like all these really high ramp cards and it's really awkward with fires of invention because it doesn't put another land into play so you're not able to cast your four drops oh yeah yeah um but uh some so you can't go turn three fires plus enigmatic no off of wolf i think the, yeah. i think the busted i put in quotations play is like turn uh <laughs> with with wolf haven is turn two wolf haven turn three fires fable or Moonblast Cleric, mm. or random three drop to try to like cycle yourself into more. Yeah. Uh, so now th- some of the other removals, some something some things we're seeing also at two mana nowadays are removal spells, and I'm going to talk about the old yes. one first. Uh, the old one is Trial of Ambition. Uh, we sadly yep. don't see Trial of Ambition anymore, but the, there was a good reason for it. Uh, it's the deck has kind of moved away from all these black cards because it was really hard trying to support five colors of mana in this deck. So if you cut trial and you play Leyline Binding now, which is what was the big changeover, the mana became a lot more efficient. Um, a card in two mana that's now seeing play as an enchantment removal is uh, Oath of Chandra. Uh, two mana yeah. entered, deal three damage. It's efficient. The deck is primarily red based anyway for Chain to the Rocks, which is your other big removal spell. So it, it just it just kind of clicks, makes sense. Works I, out really you well. You could technically I, also do Omen of the Forge, but I do think the three damage from uh, Oath of Chandra matters more. I have mm. a question, real quick. So, like, you know, with sure. uh, auras maybe becoming more popular, I think especially like at a local game store type of metagame, a lot of people might be playing auras over the next few weeks. Would it be a good idea to go back to Trial of Ambition because you get that sacrifice effect? Um, no, I think you have other ways of fighting that matchup with your creatures primarily. However, okay. it's not like a bad shout. I think um, you're you're starting to see sideboards tend to start to fix that matchup a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. Bogles has quite made it to LGSs yet. However, with with, with the future, obviously going towards Bogles, uh, I yeah. think you'll see a turn and uh, turn up and temporary lockdown in the sideboards. Yeah, I think Temporary Lockdown is probably the better call as far as okay. that matchup. Trial's good against some things like, like it was nice into red-black because it would, uh, you know, kill their their ward creature without worrying about that. Um, I do want to, you know, you were talking about it, that, and I think that's going to be something we'll address, is that I have seen fully non-black versions of this deck. Like, I've seen, you know, they kind of call that four-color enigmatic because you don't technically need the black mana. You can, you know, do without it and just kind of play four color and lean harder into Obnath that way. Um, I think that now we are kind of leaning back towards towards five color just because Leyline Binding uh, really wants to have all five of those types. So as long as you're already going for that, it doesn't hurt too much to, uh, you know, splash for like one or two black cards in the list. Yeah, I think the the black cards that you mainly are seeing right now are um, just a random fun of one ofs that get you tutored anyway. So like you don't always need the black yeah, mana. Yeah. Uh, currently the lists they usually run around 30 to 32 lands for the black mana. Uh, I think you'll usually see like three lands plus the four now that his presence is usually only good enough. So you're only very lightly touching black in a lot of these lists. Uh, and I think that makes it okay. You know, it kind of yeah, just like at what my lists got, I've got like two survive triumphs and that's about it. I think. Yeah. Speaking of the land base, whew, man, it's pricey. Yeah. So, uh, moving up to, uh, other enchantments, I assume, is where we're, we're heading with this. Yeah, let's go to four drop enchantments. Uh, I think that's what we want to talk about. I, you know, I think besides enigmatic and fires, I think. Or do you want to talk the three drop? Uh, three drop. <laughs> the only one we really play or really have ever played is Fable. Uh, Fable Pretty is much. just so a lot. A lot of these tutor targets that we do end up seeing in this deck are just creatures. They're just uh, creatures that are non-legendary. So Fable just really works well on this deck to filter out your cards because the second chapter is what's really good with this because the second chapter leads into turn four where you really want to yeah. go fire Zygnatic and discarding two to draw two helps you find those really important cards. Um, 
uh, that's yeah, all. I will say, um, oh yeah, I think you know, cards obviously great. We're playing a ton of creatures that have entered the battlefield, so the flip version's great. It's good against um, you know any kind of control matchup. Really does a lot for the deck. Uh, you know, I don't think it's like it's not maybe the best Fable deck, but it's still a deck that's great that's playing Fable and it does it really well, kind of thing. Like if that makes any sense. Um, I will say, as far as three drop enchantments, you know, we've seen non-zero Oath of Kaya in the past. Uh, there's also been occasionally times where we've seen a like three mana enchantment creature because then it's a tutorable creature that can also then go up. You know, something like the uh, Ka- Kalos. What is the uh, the red green god? Clothis. There we go. Clothis. Yeah. yeah. Clothis. I mean, I actually had a quick question. Um, as someone sure. who doesn't play this deck, it seems like we have a lot of enchantment creatures nowadays, and it's like why. I mean, why not play more of those? Because then you could either search for them or you could sacrifice them to look for something else, right? Wouldn't it kill two birds with one stone? Uh, the short answer is there's not a lot of good ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's. Just... I think the one that's good is the dog, the uh, the two the mana spirit um, companion. Yeah, the, you know the dog that draws you a card. You were talking about, you know, that that basically just fills a role of one of these two mana draw cards um and i think that just we moved back to nylia's presence to support the uh um to support leyline body and that's kind of what pushed that yeah. out because yeah there's that the black green that's one, uh I, I was gonna go over uh, the few that do end up yeah. seeing play and that the one that you're mentioning yeah, is a yeah, uh, yeah. gloom shrieker actually uh that one's just a mm-hmm. regrowth effect oh, yeah, yeah. uh at three mana so uh it was competing with renegade Rallor at the time if i remember correctly um and it just kind of got pushed out because Renegade Rallor is better because we're moving towards less black cards. And then Renegade Rallor got cut because you yeah. wanted a uh, Moonblast Cleric for more consistency. And uh, I think Renegade Rallor is back because of Bitter Reunion. You know, it, it was an awkward thing where Renegade Rallor in hand was often very bad with this deck. But Bitter Reunion enables it and uh, gives you more stuff in the graveyard a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we're seeing a little bit less of it, actually, because of... Uh, just Alice Norn in similar, like usually, like, like, yeah, I think regardless, we're talking about one copy, it, it, yeah, it's, it's one or nothing. Um, shout out to the other one, uh, Destiny Spinner. Uh, Destiny Spinner is also another good enchantment oh, yeah. creature. Uh, that's the one that makes it so you can't get your enchantments countered. Um, but in, in, in most, you're usually only playing one of these cards, and at most, they really just kind of suck. So, sadly, mm. yeah, back in the day, <sighs> sometimes. Sometimes we'd see the four mana Thassa as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think we've also seen in the past, I think that was my innovation of Weaver of Harmonies, which is, uh, which copies, oh, which copies <laughs> a, uh, an ability of an enchantment. So, like, it's ETB. So you, like, copy, like, Layla and Binding Triggers or whatever. It was really cute back in the day, but sadly, we've outclassed yeah, We did also mention the Jukai Naturalist as well as also an enchantment creature. So you can theoretically sack it for a three yeah, drop. You would eventually Speaking turn of- it into it. Speaking yeah. of, of old cards, didn't this used to play like Starfield of Nyx no, way back? No, no, I've never, no, never I've played. never no. seen one with us. <laughs> that's playing that. Okay, I think you're thinking of uh, Doom Foretold decks, and that's that's a Probably. throwback. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But yeah. moving on, I think the only other enchantment slots that we really have to talk about, uh, we don't really ever see a lot of five mana enchantments or four mana enchantments. The the ones that we do end up seeing are um, sagas typically. They're like one of to tutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being your um, uh, binding of the old gods or your Elspeth conquers yep. death. Uh, things that just would interact well with um, not having your ETBs shut off from mommy. Um, or other permanents yeah. that could exist in the yeah. format, uh, but we mainly end up going to seven mana, or sorry, six mana for leyline binding. Which bless this, bless this card. I love putting seven drops into play. <laughs> I get to find out so many bad yeah. ones that I just get to try to try try and play and try to make work. Um, yeah, I love binding the old gods. I think I'd suggested it as a good way to take care of opposing Elish Norns. Uh, although I do think that we've kind of found other good options from the list that we've seen recently. But I do also think that. Again, it's suffering from the fact that we've moved away from black a little bit with the deck, mm. or you'd see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I sadly think we've we've moved on from it, and ah, okay, just kind of so sad. Uh, but moving on, I guess uh, we want to start talking about the creatures in the deck. 
Yeah. Hey, yeah let's start all with the uh, the three drops. Okay. Uh, well, we gotta quickly start. Sometimes lists do play two drops, and those are those enchantment creatures that yes. they were that, that that was aforementioned. Uh, the only thing mm-hmm. that can turn into these two drops is Chain to the Rocks. So if a matchup is bad for Chain to the Rocks, you just turn it into the Doggo, which uh-huh. cycles, or Destiny Spinner, which is good against matchups, which is good against decks where Chain to the Rocks is bad, that being Control. Um, but the three drops mm-hmm. that we we mainly see as mainstays, or at least say you see pretty consistently, uh, you'll see an amount of Glass Pool Mimics. I think the debate is whether or not it's one or two. Uh, that's the card that comes yeah, in and just definitely. clones uh another card that we see is like a mainstay is a lot more of the removal based creatures that being deputy of detention and uh skyclave apparition both very good removal spells but both very situationally better than one another um yes very much so uh so you can fable the glass pool mimic even if it's copied something or does it copy the mimic or does it copy the uh the copy the creature that it had copied i don't know what you're asking (laughs) I'm just thinking glass pool. So glass pool mimic. You have to choose a creature, mm-hmm. and it makes a copy of that. But if you use Fable the Mirror Breaker, um, you could target the glass pool mimic that's mimicked something. But it would copy the the copied creature, would... not the the mimic itself, right? So you can't choose again. Just uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I believe that the clone I, has I, already I think been. You tabbed. might be able to choose a. Again, I think, you know, if you basically, you're saying you've got a Siege Rhino in play, a Glass Pool Mimic, that's some, you know, a Renegade Rallyer, and then you copy the Glass Pool Mimic, does it have to be a Renegade Rallyer or can it copy your other creature? I think yeah. it can copy your other creature. I'd have to I, I have no that. idea. Um, that, that's pretty corner case. I have not had that yeah. come up. Check out Kevin's corner case for an update on this one. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, no, uh, going back down the list, uh, I think uh, the, one of the other mainstays that we end up seeing is Night of Autumn, just as another catch-all. Um, yes. And then the mm-hmm. last one that has like a little bit more, I guess I guess there is a newcomer that I should also mention, but the mainstay one that we usually used to see is Moonblast Cleric. That one finds our most important enchantments and puts them on top of our deck so they can't get Thoughtseize. So we get to stick it to them Rakdos players, you know? Um, yeah, and it's back and forth how many of those Moonblast Clerics to play because I, I, you know, I like that we were creeping up to like three, four of them, and I think I've seen lists down back towards like one, two, yeah. which is a little bit awkward. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, it's tough to find. I'm ones. a solid two. Yeah. I think the answer is always two, but um, two sounds pretty. good. And then some of the cards that we're seeing, like as a, as um, as as the newcomer on Fun. with the new with the way that meta yeah. has adapted is uh, the Elish Norn Killer itself. I think this card is going to be a mainstay. Um, Hanged Executioner. Now, this one, just you pay four mana, and when you get your fires out, and you get to exile it, and and then you get to keep having your fun. You don't have to worry about your opponent's Elish Norn bringing down all the vibes. Um, And Could also hit Atraxa. Yeah, also hits Atraxa. I haven't had to face too much Atraxa in Pioneer. That's that's the one format it has not broken into. So, bless. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, some of the cards... Some uh, of the cards that uh yeah, I, yeah. I, unless you have any other opinions on things that are mainstays in the deck. I don't think mainstays, but I think that there are ones that I've seen. Um something that I think used to be very common as a mainstay was an Archon of Emeria. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit awkward with Fire's Invention, but just you know, shuts down a lot of decks and is a strong card to just kind of grab. Um that one used to always be a one of. I think that Callous Blood Mage is another one of those nice one of when you were when there were more decks that cared about the graveyard hate of it uh that that was the really nice thing is to be able to have a main deck card to go and grab and exile a graveyard um, oh yeah the, those are two that i always one. really like to have uh, i've got a lot of fun ofs that i've tried in the deck like i've tried you know the katilda the flip oh, one flip that like the power and toughness equal to your enchantments uh-huh. um i've tried uh fierce empath is a thing that you can mm-hmm. do uh you know now maybe even more relevant because you have some seven drops in the deck uh, that actually doesn't seem unreasonable. It searches um, for it, I've, puts it into your hand or on top of your library? Yeah, your yeah. hand. Okay. Uh, and just because I do have to shout it out, I have played a Zerta in my Enigmatic deck because I'm garbage. <laughs> I just want to respectfully say... That's the four-mana goblin, right? Uh, no, I think that's the companion. It's the companion, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, the companion. Okay, okay. Um, the red-white one? Yeah. Okay. You want that... Uh, 
in my defense, I was running like Scarab God Kenneth, yeah. uh, and I was running a bunch of Path of World Tree, and you can yeah, play. You know, I got a shot on my garbage. I, <laughs> am I wrong to say like you could pretty much just kind of build enigmatic with whatever one of rares mythics that you have laying around? There's a bit of that that we're trying to touch on. So we're trying to be like, hey, you need the Moon Blessed Clerics. Those are how you're finding your yeah. fable and your fires. You want some of those removal spells. You know, maybe you want two Skyclave and no detention of deputy but i feel like you're always you know that's probably the most likely thing you're going to go to and then it's less likely that you're going to be like okay this is the this is the time when i want to you know grab my i don't know bone crusher giant or something random that you're like okay i just need like, like a beater this so yes you, you can kind of play around with it like find what you want but like this we're deck? trying to shout out like these are the ones you're going to go to because like a lot of board states call for okay i just want a removal spell on my it, creature it almost feels like you're playing an edh deck or like a cube deck kind of yeah, kind of. That's yeah. that's the vibes for All this deck. Um, yeah. But to expand further onto Kevin's ideas about some of the cards that I wanted to also talk about, uh, that I was going to talk about is the fun ofs because yeah. I I played this deck uh, pretty. I played this deck to I think a twenty second finish at the RC at the Canadian RC. Mm. So you know I got I got some opinions. Uh, I think Arcana Miria should always be in the deck. I think that card should be a mainstay. But okay. it's something that a lot of people. It's very opinionated. Sometimes people put in the board. Sometimes people put in the main. I think that obviously it's a non bow sometimes uh, with um. Uh, fires of invention but the fact that the deck has moved towards bitter reunion and fable means that if the card is bad discard it just get rid of it that's oh, all you yeah. have to do just yeah. throw it away like you you see so much of your deck so much so quickly so if the card's bad get rid of it but the matchups where it's like really really good are monogreen lotus and those are matchups that are already just like kind of hard so you kind of need these cards to just have a dog in the race you know yeah, that uh, good. That's a good way to look at it, though. That I mean, this is kind of like a, a this deck recycles very, very well. Whatever you don't need, just get rid of it and get something else. Yeah, you you know you you always can get something. It's it's almost like wishboard, but not wishboard. It's from your deck. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's toolbox. You've always yeah. got the right tools to hate certain things. I um, mean, you know, that's something. Like if you guys are like, hey. I'm trying to beat, there's so much mono green in our meta, you know, shout out to me and Ashiok and we'll be like, okay, here's a couple of weird fun ofs that you can play in your deck and huh. that will be good in that match. Larcenous. Like, there you go. <laughs> try a Sin Collector, try an Anointed Procession, like whatever. Yep. Anointed. No, anointed uh, it's champion. all fun. Yeah. Whatever. Um, sorry, you guys I think we can quickly sorry. touch on four because like four, uh, four do doesn't have like drops? a, four doesn't have a mainstay. I don't think I've ever seen something consistent in the four okay, drop yeah, slot. So no mainstays. So that means more your own choice. Um, cards that we have seen that I will touch on are Omnath. Uh, Omnath being really good to just kind of like get you back to the game. Obviously, it's really awkward, uh, but yep. eh, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but Siege Rhino is one that's becoming a lot more popular a lot more recently with the addition of Mommy. Um, clocking your opponent for four or for three was never that impressive, but clocking your opponent for six has become a lot more impressive, especially when you now that you're able to copy it with Fable. Uh, Siege Rhino has just kind of like crept its way back into its deck and a little bit more towards the forefront. I used to yell at people whenever they had this card in their deck. I'm like, this card is bad. Quit playing this. And then eventually people started listening and now I'm wrong. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think Siege Rhino is becoming more and more of a mainstay as uh, uh, the meta starts to develop. Yeah, I'd say those two are the mainstay. If I were to shout out, you know, maybe these are more of sideboard options that you can bring in. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I have Ar I have seen the fair amount of Archon of Sun's Grace in the seven, in the ninety five. Uh, that's the you know the four mana Pegasus that makes a bunch of two twos whenever you play an enchantment. So it just spits out a bunch of creatures for you. Um, I've seen where there's Kalidus. I don't know if that's good anymore, especially when we're off of the, the double black. Uh, the one that I think is really good when it's good is Yasharn. I think there was a point where this deck was playing one main deck to search up just because uh, when there were very, very popular sacrifice decks made in the meta, that card completely shut them down. Mm -hmm. and, um, and maybe I'll shout out Arasta as well as another like sideboard yeah. one that we occasionally the see. The only one I want to shout out as well is Shieldred. There is metas where I could see Shieldred yeah, actually possible. being possible, but I haven't found one yet, so... Um, but okay. moving on to the five drops, I think our mainstays that we're seeing here and uh are and especially now with the meta that's developed is mommy mommy is a mainstay on this deck play that card um tulsimir yeah. friend of wolves mainstay play that card um and then at that some people cut tulsimir and i never get I it like i love tulsimir every time bro, every single time you just get to try to because the one that i play with the copy of tulsimir was a japanese foil one that i opened yeah. when war of the spark nice. japanese was really popular 
And I, like because you were like searching for the planeswalkers, and then I pulled this Tulsimir, and I just kept it in a binder for forever. And now I get to play with it, so I get to explain to my opponent every single time what this card does, and it always brings a smile to my face. I'm like, ah, Voya <laughs> comes in. Don't you worry. Uh, oh, and it's so fun when you've got um, when you've got the uh, what mommy in play. Oh yeah, because you get to send one. Uh, so I to used to die. do this. I was so garbage. I used to you know play Yarok to be able to do the same thing, and that card's not twice. good. But but yeah, it's really funny that you get to you know play Tulsmir. You get a wolf. It gains you six life and fights two things, and then you get another wolf that gains you six life and fights two things. Like it's so insane. Yeah, they have to sacrifice the second copy, but it still fights, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's already fought two things. You're you're okay. probably not keeping it through. Uh, through yeah, that. three three fighting two things means you probably have a dead three three. Yeah. Very sad. He did his job. Our good boy. Rest in peace. But um I think some of the but how does that go for it? How does that stack though? I mean, because you would get two they don't copies. Appear yeah, at the if, same you time. A, if you have an Elshnorn in play, you'd get two, three, three legendary wolves, right? Yep. And you would also get they, you would get one and then you would get another one afterwards. So the the one would enter and its fight and gain life triggers would go on the stack and those would resolve before the second one comes into play. Okay, I see. I yeah, see. so you get... And then the other one, you'd get another trigger. Yeah, same thing. It's two yeah, separate lines on Tulsimir, which is why it works that way. Okay. Because yeah. Tulsimir says whenever a wolf enters play, shout out Wolfalo Haven, sometimes you get to fight with a 2-2 doggo, but um, <laughs> nice. uh, it, yeah. it is whenever a wolf enters. Um, Some of the main state... Sorry, some of the, the more... um. Uh, tech cards that I think may be becoming a mainstay now is Kenrith. I think we've safely moved away from the main deck uh, Yorion and the main deck Karuga. I was about to say, do you not think the main deck Yorion is a mainstay? Because I always thought, like, I always felt like you had to have one. I don't think so. I, 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 going in, going into the RC, I was introduced to Karuga fires and then it kind of made me fall in love with Karuga. And then I was like, what if we just like played a Karuga in this deck? And then I kept testing it. And every single time it was drawing four or five, uh, which would be five fresh new cards versus Yorion recycling some of your cards. And on average, not you would reuse your removal spells sometimes. Like sometimes they had really important creatures under them, so you couldn't really flicker them. Uh, and you would sometimes draw one or two cards off of like a Bitter Union or an Alias Presence. But, so Kruger was just so much more consistent at gaining card advantage versus Yorion sometimes was kind of just pretty meh. Um... But I think that we've moved fully towards Kenrith because it's a it's it's something that because fires doesn't cause you to tap your mana for spells anymore, so you need an activated yeah. ability to dump all your mana in. And with Elishnorn seeing a lot of play right now, um, your a lot of your deck kind of gets turned off to Elishnorn. So you need something to do yeah. with this mana now. And while Kenrith Kenrith has you back, don't worry, Kenrith is something to do with all that mana. Um, Do you mind if I ask real quick, since you just talked about Karuga and you talked about Omnath earlier, there have been versions, like you said, with Omnath or Karuga. And like, why would you play one over the other? Like, um, so actually this is like in what situation? This is probably a really good story. Uh, so Canada has two RCs, as most people know, uh, one out west and one out east. And I went to the west one playing the Karuga Fires list, the one with Omnath, the one without Ignatic. Um, and I wanted to, I originally went into it thinking that this deck had a lot of good matchups towards, uh, Rakdos and Angels and other small to the ground creature decks, but it had a horrible, and I mean, downright horrible. I could not win against Monogreen. I could not win against Spirits. Mm. I could not win against, it was, it was a very much so mattery matchup. You'd see a lot bigger, like 80 twenties in that deck. But with this Ignatic Fires, you had a lot more 60-40s. But everything okay. was like a 60-40. So you kind of just had like a lot more of a safer uh, win rate against a lot of decks versus you just being kind of, well, I either hit my good matchups or I hit my bad matchups. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. it really depends on whether or not you think you're the best player in the room or you want to roll dice. I see, I see. Um, and same, same thing with Omnath then? Yeah, Omnath, Omnath, and Omnath Karuga Fires is the same deck. There okay, isn't the there isn't like a uh, another version. It's just the Karuga Fires Omnath pile deck or Ignatic Fires. Ignatic Fires See, I ended I'm, up I'm, switching towards yeah. because I wanted that agency because I did feel like I was one of the best players in the room. And so I think I kind of tricked myself. Yeah, I always get confused. And when I see fires, I think it's, it's fires. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I that's why I'm asking you today, you know, what's the difference between 
you know, the enigmatic version and the other versions. Because, you know, yeah. I, I just see Rainbow. Yeah. You know. So the enigmatic version is a lot more of this mid-rangey creature, kind of eke you out with value type deck. While mm -hmm. uh, the Omnath Fires version is, I'm going to play the most powerful things that I can do for X amount of mana and kill you as quickly as I can with a Cavalier Flame. I am attempting to find a Cavalier yeah. Flame yeah. as quickly as possibly as, as I can and kill you. Well, I guess you could say that you know if you have the mana base for for Enigmatic, you could build that relatively easily. It's kind of mm -hmm. a, a good how can I say it? switch or audible. You know if if uh, the metagame is kind of Hostile to enigmatic, switch over to Karuga slash Omnath Fires. Yeah, you can. The cards are pretty pretty equal. However, I do think we haven't really seen a whole lot of like success from the Omnath pile. However, it is something you can mm. do if you really want to, you know, cast a Cavalier of Flame just to feel something. There you go. Um, but uh, anyways, sorry, I okay. stopped. Were you guys? Doing six drops, uh, or seven drops, five drops. We have one more five drop that I would like to talk about at least, and that is Cavalier of Dawn. Now, this card is very unimpressive when you look at it. It is a 5-mana 4-6 Vigilance that has Beast Within text, and when it dies, you get an enchantment. But let me let me introduce you to this card called Fable of the Mirror Breaker, okay? This card can mm. copy our, um, our uh, Cavalier of Dawn, and we get Death Triggers off of the copy. So that means we're also creating value. It's also another way. removal spell. Yeah. And it is a it is just a catch-all removal spell. It just can get anything, which is the most important part. Just any permanent that's problem problematic. It's now a 3-3. Three, three. I've also used this card aggressively. I've used it on my own permanents to be able to push more damage with more blockers. Um yep. it, it just it has a lot of choices. There's like that that's what you'll see with the, th the theme throughout this deck. A lot of choices. You can tech mm -hmm. it to however you want. Um, am I missing any five drops, Kevin? Uh, I think the only one I would really want to give a shout out to. Well, I think Scarab God just needs to mention as it's outdated. It used to be a big, uh, powerful powerhouse. You know, it was another thing that just had an amazing activated ability, and you have all these things that have uh, enter the battlefield triggers. So it was good there. I, I do think that that's gotten outdated again. I always am just suggesting black cards. Uh, and on that theme, Massacre Girl was an insane card when I was still able to play huh. it. Uh, my current list does not have it. Anymore. I played a Massacre Girl in the sideboard of the LCQs while I was playing Ignatic for the RC because I was like, Mono White is a really rough matchup for this deck. Uh, and mm -hmm. I was like, I, I need something for this deck. I just need something. And then I played against it at the LCQ and I never drew Massacre Girl and I 2-0 stomped him. Oh. Stomped him. Was not close because I had two Defnite Clarions in my board also. And I was kind of like, I guess this is overkill, and I'm worried too much. But that card will always have a place in my heart. I love Massacre Girl. Um, oh yeah, I've had like hands where I just like take out like six spirits with it. It just yeah. is insane mm -hmm. every time I got. When it, it works, <laughs> oh, it works. It works good. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I, yeah, uh, there's no six drops to really talk about with this deck. We haven't seen a powerful five mana enchantment outside of ECD, so we don't really play any six mana creatures. Um. If there was one, I, the only one I could really think of that might be good is like Woodland Bellower, but that's like throwback tech. Um, oh, you love uh, it. But the more important thing is, what does our Leyland Binding turn into? Well, well, it doesn't it doesn't get better for our opponent. Um, I think the only yeah. mainstay seven mana card that we see consistently see play is Titan of Industry, because that card, uh, a thing that you'll see is a lot of the cards that say choose one are the mainstays because you have a lot of choice because you need a there's a lot of different scenarios you can get yourself into uh sometimes you need tight of industry yeah. to have a shield counter to be an aggressive beater against rakdos and sometimes uh it took you a while to find the removal spell for a shieldred so you need tight of industry to gain you five life um mm -hmm. a lot of choices with this deck a lot of choices and i think tight of industry is the only mainstay seven mana card uh but <laughs> working towards the fun ofs uh, Agent of Treachery, I think that card is has its specific metas where it's really good. Um, Coma, I think Coma uh, can be a fun of. Yeah. Um, Atrox is a new one that I think people are moving away from now. They tried it because it was new and cool. But again, this deck plays only lands, enchantments, and creatures. So drawing three off of an yeah. Atrox is kind of poopy. Okay. Kruger's better. Kruger's right? way better for drawing cards. Um, and 
the other seven drop that we see play is Dragonlord Adarica, because sometimes you need to mm. deal a bunch of damage <laughs> to little creatures. It's just like a build-your-own-fury-at-home type card. Was was this the deck that people were playing um, Dramoka in? No. On the sideboard, that one guy no, that was Lotus. That was Lotus. That's Lotus, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, let me, sorry, I was zoning out. You, you mentioned Coma, you mentioned... Agent of um, Treachery and Atarka. Yeah, Agent of Treachery. Yeah, I think those are about it. Yeah, yeah. those are the ones you see. Like, Coma has really good metas. Uh, also, shout out to Yorion being a serpent you can sacrifice to Coma. Had that come up against Red Black. Um, <laughs> Oh, um, but yeah, there's just a, there's a lot of like very minor corner cases of this deck and nuances that you'll learn as you're playing. And trust me, you're gonna make infinite mistakes with this deck. It is so easy to make a mistake with this deck because of all the choices that you have. Mm. So that's why this deck rewards consistent play. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would say that's like Pioneer in general, though. I mean, you learn your deck, you can do some very powerful and stupid stuff. I think to each their own. Can we touch on removal real quick? Because I do think that we didn't talk about the like low end removal. Sure. Uh, that this deck often does play some amount of Chain to the Rock, uh, often some amount of Portable Hole as well. And how do you feel about you know that split or like what's important? There? I think with the way that the meta is moving, Portable Hole in the board is a little bit okay. Uh, I don't think you need it in the main deck, okay. but uh, the cards that we're seeing in the board, which I guess is a great segue, is Temporary Lockdown. Which is a bit more of a better catch-all. Um, obviously, it has a really really some really awkward moments where, like, maybe let's just say you're playing against this big boogeyman auras, right? And I have a light pause underneath my chain of the rocks, but my opponent's currently oh, yeah. murdering me with a hexproof bogle that I cannot interact with. Well, looks like I got to give him a light pause because my temporary lockdown's taking my own chain to the rocks. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, awkward nuances with temporary lockdown, but it is the best answer to bogles that I think we can find. Mm. Um, um, yeah. Anything else in the sideboard you want to talk about? I think the sideboard has a lot of options. Um, you can. This is this is where a little bit more of your own personal preference comes into this. I think the only mainstays mm. that we'll see are blue counterspell. I'm saying blue counterspell because you have a choice there, but you need one. Okay. You either can play Spell Pierce or Mystical Dispute. It's your choice. Both have benefits. Um, Mystical Dispute's a lot better against the Control uh, or Phoenix decks, while Spell Pierce gets a lot more agency as an aggressive counterspell to interact with your opponent. And when I mean this, I mean you're countering your opponent's Sylvan Scrying from Lotus. You're countering um, your opponent's Fires uh, as their first spell. You can use it a lot more aggressively. Uh, versus Mystical Dispute, if you want to play a little bit more defensively, that's when that card's better. So maybe I run into too much control, but I think that Disdainful Stroke should also be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Disdainful Stroke can also be in the conversation, I agree. Um, I think that one's a little bit more awkward, because you want to be able to have your counterspell protect your Fires of Invention. And if it's protecting okay. your Fires of Invention, that means your Fire of Invention's landed. So that means all other future counterspells kind of suck. So you, you're, you're yeah. Kinda... I think maybe maybe I put it in my recent list just because I was like, oh, you know, I got to be able to take care of those Elish Norns. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, the Elish Norns aren't coming into play off of a off of a cast from hand. They're coming into play off of you sacking your fires yeah. invention. Yeah. Um. But um, the other cards that I think that we see as mainstays are rending volleys, copies of rending volley. Um. Yeah. You. I think the worst matchups for the stack are anything that's low to the ground disruptive, and that's your spirits, that's your soul, or your humans. And guess what? Rending Volley does a really good job of killing those decks. Um, one mana can't be countered, kills their thing, kill all the relevant threats. Oh, bless. We love this card. Um, some amount of Rest in Peace or Leyline of the Void, that's your choice on that one. Um, I've seen both be okay. I think Rest in Peace is a bit better for the white man in the deck. Um, that's, uh, and that's, I think you probably need some amount of temporary lockdown. Uh, but in the sideboard, you also have the agency yep. of choice for creatures. Like, I've seen Nimble Larsenists in the sideboard, uh, which is just kind of like Sin Collector 2.0. Um, yeah, you'll yeah. you'll see maybe some seven drops. This is where you maybe see in a Dragon Lord of Tarka. Or um, other other creatures like Massacre Girl that just kind of like hose one deck in the format. Maybe even your Yasharns if we see Sacrifice becoming popular again. Um, those that's usually where you'll end up seeing those cards. Rest in peace, I think, is another. Big yeah, one. rest in peace is the one of the two graveyard spells. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about uh, spirits here and uh, humans not really being a great matchup for this. Can we use this to segue maybe into the other matchups? Like, what is it good against? Oh, what is it bad against? My God! It's like we set a perfect segue. Look at us go. We're, we're yeah. professionals at this. <laughs> Better call as much attention to it as possible. Yeah. That way, it... it's nice and smooth. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, yeah, uh, some yeah. of the matchups that I would love to face against is Rakdos. Oh my god, I loved farming Rakdos with this deck. Um, the, re- the reason oh, yeah. it's a really good matchup is because they can't interact with a lot of your enchantments, and a lot of your creatures replace themselves or do something relevant when they enter the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard for Rakdos to efficiently answer your cards because they can't really interact with your cards. Um Usually, yeah, I've noticed that too with Bard class. Usually, uh, right. a, a play line you'll see is I'm going to play this Moon Blessed Cleric, and then I'm going to go find a Natic Incarnation, and then eventually all of your two mana draws or two mana enchantment draws are three mana three mana creature draws or um, whatever. It, like you just have a lot of pod chains and a lot of value that this deck can create once you have the Ignatic Incarnation in play. And getting it in play not that hard, not as hard as you may think with this deck. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Yorian's also a lot of inevitability in that matchup. You know, you play Yorian and get three cards off of it most of the time, I would say. You know, two to three cards, probably. And that's enough to really win that card advantage game against the black-red matchup. And at worst with it, it's a 4-5 body. That blocks really well against yeah. Crusher Giants, Flipped, uh, Graveyard Trespassers. Um, Shieldred, kind of awkward, but, like, that's that's the only problematic card that I have found with red-black. That and go blank. Those are the two cards that you don't want to see out of your red black opponent. Um, the other decks in the format, uh, I'm just going to quickly pull up just so I can remember. Uh, your mono green matchup. Mono green is really awkward because it has the ability to just go over top of you so easily. But if you are have the if you have the early game removal spells, you can very easily win this matchup. Very easily. You just need time. And then you'll eventually get there. Um other matchups that I think are really good, I think Gruul Midrange is a great matchup. I don't think uh, Gruul really interacts with you too, too well. Uh, are we talking about vehicles yeah. or stampedes? Yeah, uh, sorry, vehicles. The vehicles deck. Uh, okay. It's called Gruul Midrange on the Goldfish page, so that's how I refer to it as. Okay. Um, Angels. Angels is a great matchup, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of their d- creatures are flying, dorky do-nothings, and you can just outvalue those pretty easily. You don't really care about your opponent having a bunch of life. Also... If someone wants to point out to me how Angels can beat an Elish Norn, I'd love to figure it out. Um, they can't really. Their ETBs just turn off. They, they're not getting life anymore. Um, I think your okay matchups are... Um, uh, uh, I think uh, Phoenix. Phoenix is like an okay matchup. It's not awful. It's not great. Okay. But it's okay. You'll take that. Um, I think Control is a pretty... I, I think I think what I've learned I feel like for whatever reason I've played that matchup a lot it's you can tune your deck to beat control uh, but if you haven't it can be tough um, mm. but there is also a lot of skill to that matchup of just you know timing your threats at the right time and landing you know it, it can be like okay I'm going to cast these four spells knowing they're all going to get counterspelled just so that at the end of it I can guarantee my one important spell lands and you know an enigmatic landed a Yorian landed could be enough to end the yeah game. I guess I should preface it with being um uh what, what I want to see is uh you can tune your deck to be good at anything if you really want your deck can be great at killing creatures Except it can Lotus kill <laughs> uh, it can be fine against Lotus Field I think a hot take but it then can you be make fine. it weaker yeah. against other things uh, but yeah it's it's a deck that you can really tune to your local metagame and that's why I think it's perfect for an episode of 101 um Continuing yeah. down the list, uh, I think that Lotus is an okay matchup. Like, it depends how your deck looks. looks. Mine looks great for the Lotus matchup because there's a lot of those players in my local uh, area. Um, Mono White Humans is a... Eh. I don't like playing against it, but usually you do pretty fine against it. I haven't played the Creativity matchup a lot as it's one of the newer things coming out of the scene. Um, and that's that's really it, honestly. Uh, those are really the mainstay matchups. The Spirits matchup's not great, I guess I should say. Nor is I think the Grease Fang matchup might actually be the worst matchup. I do not like playing against Grease Fang with this deck. They're trying to interact, kill you on turn three, and sometimes your deck just doesn't have Leyline Binding, so you die. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how it'd be. Yeah, it really forces you to have an answer. Yeah, it really does, and it's really sad. So again, you know, do you not think about bringing out any number of... Uh... Of Fire's Invention against Grease Fang because 
you can't play your enigmatic on their turn if your uh, fire is invention. I think you but, mean leyline binding, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I said. Um, no, <laughs> I don't really think about cutting fires of invention in ever. Honestly, I just think that because okay. I think that uh, it's a free spell. I I, I count as like. Uh, I, I put this enchantment into play and I think that maybe I'm timing mine a bit better it, or it, and like and to be a little bit more synergistic because if I need to cast something on my opponent's turn, my fires of invention is not in play or it's been in play for so long and I've been trying to remove this damn card. Like it will not go away. I cannot. Or not. it's in play or, or you're playing it and then sacrificing to enigmatic. Immediately. Yes. You you are using it to oh, cheat yeah, it. Yeah, into that play. happens. That is, that is all you are trying okay. to do. It, okay. you, you have to just get good with the, the skill of uh, timing this card. And that's all I got to talk about the meta. Okay. Hey, that's pretty. Yeah. I don't have much more to add. Um, one more question then before we wrap this up, uh, we kind of already talked about the, you know, the deck list, like the core cards and all that stuff. Is there a deck list, like, uh, someone's deck list that you like the best and why do you like it more than the other builds? I mean, there Ooh. is a lot of deck lists that exist for this deck because there's a lot of different people's take on it. Cause it is something that you mm -hmm. can warp really easily. Um, if I had to look for specific, uh, players or lists, I think the list at the PT was great. Uh, I think that list was really tuned, and obviously Derek put a lot of work into it. Um, Mick Winsauce on MTGO is playing the deck a lot, and I feel as though that his lists look really good. Uh, same along with a player by the username of Tunic Tunic. Uh, his looks look great. Um, or anything that you may see me post. Uh, uh, if you if you want to look for good lists, follow me on Twitter, at Dreams of Ashiok. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if I see a good list, it'll get reposted, so... Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of good That's lists good. out there, so do, do not worry. Uh, and at worst, if you find a list, play it. Maybe you might like it, and tune it to whatever you need your list to do, because this deck can do whatever you want. All right, and, we'll and I'm gonna steal that segue and yeah. say that if that my favorite list is whatever you guys out there are playing it, <laughs> but then tuned to be a little bit better. So give me your enigmatic list, and I'll give you a suggestion for how you can tune it to your local meta. Go ahead and follow us at MVG Pioneer to be the best place to stay up to date with everything going on in Pioneer, and to find a link to our Discord where you can have even more conversation with all three of us. Um, you guys can find me on uh, Twitter as well at uh, Yo Japan Hobbyist, and I'm really active in the uh, the Discord channel, so definitely mm -hmm. uh, stop in there. I'm if if everyone's sleeping, I'm awake because I'm on a totally <laughs> different time zone. So if you, yeah. if you if you're if Pioneer is racing through your mind at like you know 3 a.m. in the morning, hey, I'm there. <laughs> All right, and, I feel uh, like we took Ryan off guard there by going right into our closing without a, uh, <laughs> a clean cutoff. Hopefully you didn't have any more questions there, Ryan, but I think that that was uh, yeah. what we really want to talk about in Enigmatic this week. Yeah. 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 Oh my god, I also get to talk. Uh, shout out to my Twitter, Dunes of Ashiok. Shout out to my Twitch, Ashiok Nightmare Weaver. Um, shout out to my lovely girlfriend. Let's listen to this entire <laughs> conversation. Go her. Um, that's really it. All right, and shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you guys for listening because we appreciate uh, you guys hearing or we would be doing this in the void and that wouldn't be any fun. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of you. Uh, we look forward to being your go-to source for Pioneer Information Online. And we are firing enigmatically out. leaving. No, we're firing out. There we go. Firing out. There we go. We are firing <laughs> out. <laughs>